Hey geeks, welcome to episode 21 of the GDNC show. Um, I'm George, I've got Patchy and Anthony with me as well, all right lads? Hello there. Hello. Um, we did have a planned show, and um, we're going to talk about what we used to talk about, you know, what we've watched this week, since last week's show. Um, we've watched quite a bit of what's coming out and stuff, but just before we went on air um, to record, we found out that um, Joel Schumacher had passed away earlier today. Um, aged 80 um, he'd been suffering for, from cancer for quite a while so um, yeah so it's a really bit of sad news to come on just before you start, uh, you start. he was absolutely iconic director um, everyone who listens to the show everyone who follows me on Facebook and Twitter um, come to the Lost Boys night and everything you know how much Lost Boys means to me personally means to a lot of people. Um, everyone who went to Horicon last year to see the, the reunion, you know, all that was because Joel Schumacher created such an iconic piece of film. Um, he put everything together. You know, he was in charge of, you know, hiring people for the amazing set designs, the casting and everything. You know, we had a hand in everything. He yeah. was on set every single day, you know, with a, with a young cast, um, getting the best out of them. Um, and he was just fantastic for, for that. You know, that we'll talk about the other stuff as well, but I just wanted to say that about Lost Boys because Lost Boys is an absolute, it's just one of the biggest parts. Life changer for you, mate, wasn't it? Like, yeah. Life changer, mate, yeah. For, for, for my childhood growing up, you know, yeah, I had other films, yeah, what the Warriors, Goonies, and, you know, other stuff like that, but the Warriors, uh, the, the Lost Boys for me is just, you know, yeah. and it's provided me with. Um, I, I, I put a post about it um, when it was the anniversary again last year. You know, it's 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 a it was a it's a life changing film for me as well, just because it's got me into doing this. It's got me into yeah. doing a radio show. It's got me into putting film nights on and quiz nights on for people and bringing you know having the idea to try and you know bring like minded people together. And I never under, I never realised there was so many massive fans of the It's, of it's the always film. it's always. It's always quite telling how many people will come out for for Lost Boys events and how much you know how much passion there is in that particular fandom for our film because you know I don't think anybody's a fan of the series of Lost Boy films. I think it's the Lost Boys, That's isn't the it? Lost Boys, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. It's that. It's that film. It's just everything. And um, our mate um, put a put a nice post up before um, Ben Fenlon, who's been on the show. Um, he, he interviewed like uh, the, the the cast last year. You know, he said he he was responsible. He created icon, you know, Kiefer Sutherland's iconic in Lost Boys. Um, he created um, you know, uh, Poison Ivy in Batman and Robin as well. Like iconic, um, iconic people. Uh, Bane, iconic, Bane's iconic in that role. as well, isn't he? Bane's in with Poison yeah, Ivy as well. Yeah. Everyone forgets about. Um, <laughs> I think last but, year yeah. when we were at the Horicon as well, what was really nice, um, we, we heard from a few members of the Lost Boys crowd and everyone spoke so fondly of him. Like yeah. He was so important to the cast and Definitely. he kept them all together. And like you said before, there's such a young cast uh, and he just made sure that they were looked after properly and stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you, you even like if you look at things like like modern movies like Us, at the beginning of Us, 
it's Santa Carla Boardwalk, and in the background yeah. is the Lost Boys. You know, so it's to add that effect right across, you know, right across the board to this day. It's still influencing filmmakers and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, but oh, it yeah. wasn't that... not just not just a one trick pony, though. I mean, there's other movies as well, isn't there? Oh, yeah, yeah. I just, movies. I just want, yeah, sorry, I just, just really quickly, I have to, um, I just wanted to mention what Anne said then about when the cast was speaking about them, um, when we were there, um, I think it was the second day, and, um, Jameson Newlander, one of the Frog Brothers, was getting interviewed, and he told a story about how he was, um, he was given a line or, uh, like a, a speech in it, um, and, it never got filmed because he couldn't get the the speech yet. He couldn't get the little monologue out, basically. Um, yeah. And he said, we respect them that much. He said, I felt so disappointed. He said, not just because I felt I let myself down and, and you know, this brilliant piece wasn't going to get filmed and stuff, he said, but I just felt like I let him down as well. Um, and I could tell, you know, he, he didn't make me feel bad about it, if you like. You know, he... He, he understood, you know, we were all young because they'd come out of they come out of high school to to do it, you know. They they'd only been in a couple of bits. Um so yeah, sorry uh Patchy, just what you were saying then about other um other stuff, other films as well. Yeah, no, I was just saying but I go back onto what you've just been saying. It's nice to hear um actors who've worked with the director to, to have that kind of love for them. You know, when you think you've got people like um, you know William Friedkin who was like setting off guns on set or whatever it was to try and frighten people into getting the right performance out of them or physically throwing them around and stuff and people talk about their experiences with directors like that and go oh, never work with them again and I was you know I shouldn't really have done it at the time but I knew no better but to hear people go yeah you know he took me under his wing and I felt like I needed to perform for him and if, you know if I didn't do it I felt like I was letting him down it's nice to hear that isn't it and you know when you hear about some of the Directors that are out there, do you know what I mean? It's nice, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely, completely. definitely. Um, yeah, sorry, I just I, cause so, yeah, I, had, I had a little, um, I had a little look along the Wikipedia page, which I always do when we're going to talk about somebody or something in particular, and yeah. um, there's loads of movies on there that you know I didn't even realise. Obviously, I knew yeah. at the time I watched them, but I didn't even realise he, he directed. Um, Phone booth, eight millimeter. There's all kinds on there that are like quite niche films, you know, quite specialist, but are still really, really, really good films. Well, the one that again. I came across when I was looking at it before as well, um, a film that I, I, after watching it, I think I spent about six or seven hours just trying to kind of come up with things that I could link to the number twenty three. So the Jim Carrey film, <laughs> number twenty three. Yeah. Never realised that was Joe Schumacher at all. And I used, no. I used to love that. Try not to watch it that often because I've become really obsessive about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, uh, I, went, I went to the cinema to I went to cinema to see that actually because um, yeah. it was I, I don't think he'd done anything for um, it was his first film for a couple of years. Um, Jim Carrey and he obviously done the Truman Show and stuff and I loved um, mm. Eternal Sunshine and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I, I, it's that underrated. You know, it's not a perfect movie, yeah. but it's it's a very interesting idea that, um, you know, the 20, 23 is the sign of the uh, of the devil type thing, isn't it, rather than 666 and stuff and yeah, really yeah. working out. It is really good. Um, but again, he, I mean, he directed Keith Sutherland and Lost Boys, but he, he directed them, um, Julia Roberts, in, um, in Flatliners as well. Um, I, I was just thinking about Flatliners. Flatliners would make a really good 
watch along for us to do you know, the way we did yeah. Frank Night the other week. Yeah, Blackliners would be a good one because definitely. I haven't seen it for years and it's a really good film. Yeah, oh, it must be I mean, about ten years since I've watched it. Ke- uh, Kevin Bacon in it as well. You know the cast is the cast is re- really really good. Um, it's got quite it, it is quite a moody gritty nineties delivery from every single actor in it as well. Oh yeah, the part yeah. that kind of nineties punch, don't they? Really it, was de- it was definitely, I think I might have even had the two of them, um, Lost Boys on Flatline is on VHS, taped off the telly, they <laughs> <laughs> definitely had them on the same on the same thing. Um, oh, should we, we'll continue to talk about it, films in a sec, do you, want, do you want to play a little song and then um, we'll carry on? Yeah, if you want to choose one. Yeah, um, so... We were thinking about songs from his films, weren't we? Yeah. But um, so we'll play some. We'll we will we'll play a couple more. But when I was looking at what he's done, obviously in excess as part of the Lost Boys soundtrack, um, and I was going to play something off the Lost Boys soundtrack, but he actually directed the video by in excess in 1988, um, called Devil Inside, um, and I gave it a listen before I come on the show, um, and it's absolutely boss. It's a proper tune. So um, this is the uh, 1988 song, um, Devil Inside, by NXS, directed by John Schumacher. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, that's twice I've listened to it now, because I listened to it <laughs> before I come on the show. It's going, um, on, the, it's going on the playlist, and we'll be listening to that all week now. <laughs> it's, I'm, it's, not, I'm, um, not really, I'm not really, I don't like NXS, and I'm not going to lie about it. There was um, the documentary that was out last year, wasn't it? The um, like the behind the scenes thing. Um, Michael Hudson looked quite good actually. It got good, um, some good write ups. I think it's another like sad story again, isn't it? Um, but yeah, he's done. Um, Joel Schumacher, who's saying about the films he's done as well. Other than Lost Boys and Flatliners, um, I, I just we had a little couple of minutes then because we were we were crushed for that time before, but. Yeah. We mentioned just before we come on about Batman Forever as well. Um, mm. And Batman Forever for that, that again, that period in time, I remember I didn't go because I went to cinema to see Batman Returns, but I didn't get to, I didn't actually manage to get to see Batman Forever on the cinema. Um, and I was really peeved off about it at the time. <laughs> um, I didn't earn my own money at the time, you know, so it was only 10 so, or 12, so I couldn't, um, you know, but yeah, anyway. But, um, Save up I got your it out. money. <laughs> I only seen it. It was released um, Christmas that year. Um, I mean, Nan bought like it was Christmas present that year off me Nan. Um, I actually got to watch it before Christmas. Um, me, me older brother um, got like convinced me Nan to, um, to 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 let me watch it basically. So we watched it together. Just really enjoyed it. The very the opening line. Uh, one of the opening lines was that he's rescuing the guy in the big cylinder. Uh, the bank guy, uh, like the vault, and he goes, "Oh no, yeah. it's boiling acid!" It's just like from that <laughs> moment, it's just pure comic book. It's just a comic book film all the way through. It's brilliant. You know, I love, I love the gritty Batman, and I love, you know, um, Tim Burton's Batman, and you know, obviously they've got the, the, the comic book films, aren't they? And they've got different versions of them, but. Batman Forever, it's just dead colourful. Jim Carrey, who we mentioned just before as well, number t- um, number 23. Jim Carrey is brilliant. I would have loved to have seen um, the other version of Two-Face, but 
Tommy Lee Jones as two face is is outstanding as well. They yeah, just play it. They're hammy. Yeah. They just they're just yeah, brilliant. Yeah. They couldn't have they couldn't have picked. I think that role. I think Robin Williams maybe um, for the Riddler um, possibly would have been would have been on par or better. You know, possibly than Gene Carrey at that time, but mm. or just now I know that. I know you're doing your best to steer the show away from me mentioning this, but I've got to mention Batman and Robin as well, because Batman and Robin was great. It was great fun. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the ultimate comic book baddie in it. Well, again, it's just, it's just... I that, thought you I mean, were just that... going to sit there silent then. No, I suppose there are some, there are some good, good moments or good elements of it. I know people who love it. Again, um, better than we mentioned before, Ben posted it before. It's one of you know the iconic, iconic nineties movies. You know, um, maybe not for Batman. So what? What was that all about? The bat suit with the bat nipples and all that. <laughs> it's, it's meant to be his body. You have bat nipples. Yeah, but why has he got nipples? Why has he got nipples? He doesn't she... need nipples. Why not? Everybody's got them, George. <laughs> I don't mean him, I mean his suit. Because it's meant to look like censoring people. Why has it got abs? Exactly, it doesn't need that. So it's all, it's just as ridiculous for nipples as it is to have abs. (laughs) I don't know what the problem is. And the ice skate, basically, I think Batman Forever touched upon. Maisie, if the the fact that his suit has got nipples is the one problem you've got. Thing. You need to reassess your life, mate. Stop making Batman sexy. Why not? What did he is this not what's more sexy being, than Batman? What's wrong with being sexy? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, that's lighting the mood a little bit anyway, isn't it? Um, Told you about got... about Batman and Robin. <laughs> it's got um it is it could, again, we're like Batman Forever. Um Touched upon like the comic elements and even the 1960s, um, Adam West Batman and stuff. Batman, Batman and Robin just took it to another level again, didn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the, the but even like the skyline as well, because the, the the cityscape and skyline of Gotham changed so much. But um, definitely, whereas like it had the Tim Burton feel, it's definitely got a Joel Schumacher feel as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah those moments, uh, the, the the set designs and stuff as well. Um, and it, it, it's hard, it must be hard to, as a director to come in and stamp your personality, if you like, on something that is already so well established in its yeah. visual identity, in the way that the characters act, in the way that the, you know, the way that the stories are written and the way that it's even filmed. It must be hard. I mean, it was hard for Tim Burton to come in and do it you know, to make Batman his own, but then for Joel Schumacher to come in and put his slant on it and still make it yeah, something yeah, that was yeah. recognisable, but obviously had his slant on it, it yeah. that, that's a skill, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Definitely. But it's not all Batman, is it? It's not. It's, um... <laughs> yeah, it's Batman and Robin. It's 8mm, um... right? I know I keep talking about 8mm, but <clears> you had forgotten all about it. I managed to I managed to block that film out of my mind because it's so grim, and I don't mean that in a kind of slang term for it not being very good. I mean it's such a grim, depressing movie, 
that yeah. I blotted it out of my mind and it's now back in my brain again. I'm not going to be able to stop thinking about it. So <laughs> there's that, there's that side to his storytelling, that side to his direction where he can make these psychological movies that go in, that get inside your head. Well, even down to, I mean, like you said, he can do touch on so many different types of films. And one of my all-time favourites by him, and I honestly didn't realise it was him, uh, A Time to Kill. Absolutely brilliant story. And he mm. did it justice. He brought so many brilliant actors in to do it as well. And like George was saying before, we lost boys and Keith Sutherland. Keith Sutherland was in it. His dad Donald was in it. We've got Samuel Jackson, um, like Sandra Bullock, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew, one of Matthew McConaughey's arguably his, his best role. Um, and that was all directed by Schumacher. It was absolutely brilliant. A proper thinker as well. I didn't realise that that was a, a Joel Schumacher movie. Um, and it's proper sandwiched in between Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Yeah. 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 It's very, it's... very different to me than those two movies. Oh, yeah. Well, no, there's, yeah, you read... there's the, the film with Keith, like, Kiefer Sutherland. You know, he plays a bad guy in Lost Boys and he's, you know, it's a completely different. It's a different bad guy altogether. But the, yeah. when he does play, there's a, there's another film with him, and um, I'll think of it in a minute. Um, which he plays a really, oh, he's a really um, bad bad guy in it. Um, and yeah, it's he's he's so good at playing it, and you hate him. You know, um, as much you love him in other roles, and he's you know he plays he plays the phone booth as well. He's not even in it. It's just his voice. You know, it's just oh, that yeah. he's, he's in at the very, very, very bloody end, isn't he? At the, the um, you know, you can hardly see him because he's he's on um, Colin Farrell's on drugs or yeah, dope stuff and that. You just hear his voice, um, but that's all. That's the director getting. You know, obviously the talented actors, the art, they're all talented actors and talented, talented at what they do. But that's a director getting the best out of, out of. You know his players, if you like, and um, them wanting to as well. You know, and them coming back to him as well, because them sort of yeah. actors don't just pick. You know, pick anything, or you know, they can. They have got. They've got the pick of whatever they want to do, haven't they? And they'll obviously go to directors if they want to. If they want to work with again and again, because um, yeah. they enjoy working with them. You know, they do. I get think the best it's what we were coming. Yeah, it comes back to what we were saying before, and obviously the stories that we've heard about him, like at the Horicon, it just shows how much respect he actually commanded. I think that's quite rare in Hollywood. I think everyone's out for themselves, in, well, generally. Yeah. You get some of the good ones, but obviously he was someone that, like you said, people just kept on going back to and were happy yeah. to work with him. Um, so. Am I okay? Just I'm just going to read what, it's only a little paragraph, what Kiefer Sutherland's put on Facebook. Are you going to do it in Kiefer Sutherland's voice? <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a boss, smoky voice he's got as well. <laughs> so, uh, he, wrote, he wrote not even an hour ago on, face, on, his, on, his, on his Facebook. Um, Early today, one of my dearest friends and partners in filmmaking, Joel Schumacher, passed away after a year-long battle with cancer. His joy, spirit and talent will live on in my heart and memory for the rest of my life. Joel gave me opportunities and lifelong lessons, making films such as Lost Boys, Flatliners, Time to Kill and Phone Booth. His mark on modern culture and film will live, will live on forever. I miss you, my friend. That's just, you know, it just shows you. Yeah. 
sums it up. Um, and I'm sure if we got, you know, I'm not going to do it now, but I, well, I, I had a little look on Twitter before we come on again, and it's just full of people talking about them and, and you know all the good things. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's um, it's sad, but um, yeah. What happened? What, what a legacy! Yeah. What a legacy! A leg- movie, so. oh, yeah. oh, definitely, yeah. Um, should we play something a bit more uplifting now, song-wise? Aye, we'll do you know what? Back. If we're going to play an uplifting <laughs> song from um, that's related to Joel Schumacher's back catalogue of movies, you know what? The, you know what it's got to be, don't you? What could it be, Patchy? What could it be, Patchy? <laughs> be the theme tune from um, St. Elmo's Fire. Yes, by John yeah. Parr. Yeah, that's the one, mate. <laughs> yeah, John Parr. I, I, defy, I defy anybody not to get up and dance when this is on, because it's... This, because we will. This is, yeah, we will. This is the, definitely, this is one of those songs, like, I'm not a massive fan of the film, but it's one of those songs, it just... It doesn't matter if you're a fan of the film. It's so, so good. It's proper 80s and proper... It's on every family party in it. And if you, if, have you seen this this guy online and he, he, he uses artificial intelligence to write songs? So he uses this artificial intelligence to like go through all the Nirvana lyrics and then he uses it to write a Nirvana song. If you did this in the 80s, if you put all the 80s top hits into an AI and said, write me a song, <laughs> it would write you St. Elmo's Fire. <laughs> That's a very Let's good point. Never thought, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give it a listen then. So um, this is St. Elmo's Fire from the 1980s. <laughs> By John Parr from 1985. Enjoy. Get up and dance. Yeah, so hopefully... Um, you what a banger of a tune. That's just again. It's just stuck in my head now. I'm gonna have to listen to it after the show again. It's gonna be me. Um, we wake up tune this week. That um, yeah, you'll so, achieve everything that you plan to achieve <laughs> if you listen to that first thing in the morning. Yeah, before Dance around before the kitchen, coffee day. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we've like so we spoke about. Joel Schumacher for the show, um, for this show so far. We've spoken about most of his movies. One film, um, I only watched it um, last year, I think, and rewatched it. Um, Michael Douglas in Falling Down. Absolutely. um, Sorry, I rewatched it. Again, I watched it when I was a kid. But um, yeah, awesome movie. Just again, getting the best. It's such a good performance from Michael Douglas, though, because his character. Is hor- he's not nice at all. No. But you kind of, you really understand his mental state falling apart. Can't get behind any a lot of the things that he does because he is just not nice. But he's, he's been forced that way, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And it's strange. I think you said, sorry, what was you going to say? No, I was just going to say it's strange because you see, I know. I mean, I don't want to get too political, but it is quite a political film, really. When you think about yeah, it, yeah. a lot oh, of yeah, the, definitely a lot of the problems that exist in Western culture today, you can see people like Michael Douglas's character sleepwalking into that kind of frame of mind. You know, where he's horrible to minorities, he's horrible to low pay, people on low paid jobs. 
this and it's all it all comes from the fact that he's been successful and then he loses his job and etc etc and it just he just kind of spirals out of control and it's I think it's 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 sad in a way that you can kind of see how there's thousands of thousands millions of these middle class white lads who've gone like that. But yeah, that's enough no, politics exactly. for now, I think. <laughs> no, it is. It's, no. It's, it's because of what was happening at the time in America as well, though. Because um, I think there was a proper recession on as well at the time, the, you know, early nineties, and you know, and you had all the riots as well, um, all the yeah. LA riots as well, didn't you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's like it, it's like there's that bit though where he goes, he gets taken in by the fella who owns the sh- the store, and he's got all the all oh, the white supremacist gear going on, yeah. and he's like, "Come on," and he's like, "You're you're like me, aren't you?" And he's like, "No, I'm not like you at all." But he's more like him than he knows. Do you know, yeah. it's you know, it's just, and that is, it, I think it's a a commentary, isn't it, to say you might think you're just a normal everyday nine to five Joe, but you're one step away from ending up like this. Yeah. Well, that's it. I think as well, it's like you say, you don't want to get too political or anything like that. But um, also from like a like, it's almost like a mental health side of things as well. It's like be kind to people, look after people, because you don't know what they're going through and how easily it is for how fragile people's minds are and how quickly they can snap and stuff. It's a really, oh, really important film, and it's absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. One of my all-time favorite films. Yeah, and produced one of my all-time favourite videos as well. Um, Walk by the Foo Fighters, where they parried it. Parried oh it. yeah, this isn't it? War. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, I didn't, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, I'm just um, saying about going through social media and stuff as well. Um, just about um, people's um, tributes and stuff. So Alex Winter, he was in Lost Boys as well. He's obviously in Bill and Ted. He was um, he was at the horror. Your mate, again. isn't he? He's my mate. George's mate. George's mate. Hi, Alex. He said what we basically. uh, He said what we've already said about him, and what other people said about him. So um, on Twitter, Joel was a creative genius, a master of clothing design, costuming, writing, and of course directing. Uh, Joel saw saw me saw something in me as an actor I didn't see, and gave my gave me the confidence and space to pursue it. Fairly savaged by critics in his, his entire career, his great work lives on, and I think that's quite a good like last line there because mm. you know some of his films they're not um, they're not seen by movie critics if you like. I mean, what do they know anyway? Um, very it's like you before the Batman sense. and Robin, no? do you know what I mean? Immediately, <laughs> no, but immediately go. I'm going to discount that film because it's stupid, and that's just <laughs> us three. No, but that's us three as yeah. geeks who like that kind of thing. We go, nah, let's not talk about that. So yeah. you can imagine so-called serious movie critics are yeah. going to be absolutely even, absolutely ruthless. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think he even got like one Lost Boys come out as well. Um, you know, it, it's not what people expected it to be. I mean, it was still a success, but critic-wise, I don't think it was massively popular. The thing um, is, though, mate, name a film critic. You can't, can you? Yeah. The only one, I mean, I, 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 apart from his view on Mary Poppins, I can't stand Mary Poppins, uh, Mark <laughs> Mode. <laughs> yeah, but Camo, he's transcended being a critic. He's, hasn't he? Exactly. He's, he's like yeah. another level, isn't he? That show he was doing on BBC. Oh, amazing. Um, so yeah, so that again, that's that Joel, uh, um, Alex Winter, what he said there, um, what we've, you know, what pretty much what we've already said. 
Um, when you said before and about the video, Free Fighters video, I yeah. thought you were going to say about um, uh, Iron Maiden, what Patty mentioned before we come on air. Um, yeah. Iron Maiden have done the songs. So, yeah. should we play that and then talk? Um, we'll have a little chat about what else we've done this week. Okay, yeah. yeah, so yeah. If we play this song, this is Iron Maiden with Fallen Down, which we've already debuted the new singer. Not a particularly successful period in Iron Maiden's um, history, but there you go. So, this is um, for a Man on the Edge by Iron Maiden. Well, that was nice. A brilliant song. <laughs> wasn't a particularly, wasn't a particularly successful time for Iron Maiden when they had Bruce, um, Blaze Baby singing for them. But I like the two albums. I did the man. He's a nice guy. I've met him a few, a few times. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and um, you know, you've got um, the the Metal Madness Hour that goes out on this station as well. Shout out to to our mate Bish Marley there, and he, I believe he's he's um, a good friend of Blaze Bailey. So there you go. All right. Yeah. We're all connected, aren't we? Tell you. That's it. It's a small world, isn't it? Small world. Small world. One love. Right. So, um, what we're going to do is just, quick, I think, just quickly run through what we were going to mention, what we've what, what I've watched this week. I think we'll just continue next week. We'll just um, talk about... I do. I did, What I mean, one film, or one set of films we, we, we all like, um, and the trailer's coming out. Um, uh, it's come out, sorry. Um, yeah. Bill, Bill and Ted... Bill and Ted face the music. For me, I'm not expecting, you know, <laughs> the the best movie ever. You well, you're not going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> if the, I think, you know, it's it is going to be, maybe part of it might be a hard watch, but I think it's going to be a surprise. You know, I think it's going to surprise some people with the storyline as well. Do you know what's funny though? Keanu Reeves. People always say Keanu Reeves can only play one character. And that was like the main um, criticism of him when he was in Bram Stoker's Dracula. But it's watching the trailer back, it's like he's forgotten how to play that character mm-hmm. because he's grown so much as an actor in the time since the last movie. It seemed really fast. forced. Yeah, he has. He's um, he has because again, he's, he got slated quite a bit, didn't he? He's, he's a boss actor. The... I love him. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. This no, this is what when I did the um when I did the Ready Steady podcast uh, Ready Steady podcast um a couple of years ago we were talking about yeah. um Bill and Ted before our Bill and Ted night did and the lad said you know we were talking he said he, he took some really brave decisions as an actor you know um with Dracula trying to do the accent you know yeah it mightn't have been the best accent ever but far from it but you know he did his best and he, he gave it a go and the same with uh, Much Ado About Nothing you know, that, was his next, you know, that was his next movie his wasn't next it film. after Dracula you know, and then you watch I tell you what anyone anyone who watches My Own Private Idaho and doesn't get upset by it and doesn't just you know it gets you right in the feels that film um, River Phoenix River Phoenix and Keanu uh, Ke- Reeves absolutely fantastic movie don't forget Point Break yeah, one of my favourites with him in as well is uh, Devil's Advocate. Yeah, 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 yeah. One. And he's in that science fiction movie as well, Matrix. I'm going to say Johnny Manana then or whatever it's Which called. is brilliant. I see he's in that as well. <laughs> in the Matrix? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I see things about the Matrix. Oh, anyway, right. Or, or um, just just quickly, whilst we're, whilst we're talking about um, Keanu Reeves, I just want to give a massive shout-out to one of the best modern horror movies I've ever seen, The Neon Demon. 
And he's in that. That is such a good movie. All right. Have you oh, seen is it? He in that? Is he in that? Yeah, he's in that. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. I haven't, still haven't seen it. It's supposed to be boss. Do yourself a favour. Set aside an evening to watch it. Yeah. And stick with it all the way through. Yeah. Because when I watched it, I got about after about fifteen minutes, I was watching it going, "What an utterly pointless film! I can't even understand why anyone made it." And then when I watched it at the end of it, I was like, "There's now an hour of my life I'm never going to get back." And I went to bed and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And the next day, I had to get up and watch it again because it just completely blew me mind. So yeah. yeah well, I, I think because when you were saying about um, what's the uh, Oh, what's the seventies one you like? It's Suspiria. Um, I I tried watching the original, and again, I got about twenty minutes into it, and it's so jarring the music and everything. It's brilliant, and I understand why it's liked and why it's loved and why it's you know written about and discussed in you know everywhere. I, I but I couldn't. I just couldn't. I wasn't like you saying about being in the right frame of mind because it's such a mind bender. But it's the yeah. music as well. Because it's the the vocals on it, like the, the the language is so low, and then the music comes in so high and jarring. And that, I know that's the point. I know you're not. It's supposed to keep you on the edge, isn't it? All the way through. Um, new ones, good though, like isn't that. It? But the new one, I've rewatched. I, I watched the new one, the music by um, Soft Lad from Soft Lad from yeah Radio. Yeah, Soft Lad. Yeah, Soft Lad. I know him. It's fine. It's called Soft Lad all the time. I bumped into him in the toilet in the crazy house once. Might have had a few beers. It might not have been some your. <laughs> for anyone who's listening, that's an in joke, and I do apologise for veering off into personal territory there. Back on, back on track. Um, but yeah, so I, 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 yeah, I'll definitely aim. Um, it's on my list, and that midsummer as well, because it was midsummer, wasn't it? Earlier this week. People um, speak very highly of Midsummer. People whose opinions on horror movies I respect. Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't particularly think it was that good. It's one that's still on be. my list. I know about yeah. the mixed bag of reviews and stuff, but I'll give it a go. We were going to go to the cinema to see it, but um, after... Yeah, I, I, again, what Patsy just said, but the other way around, there's a couple of people who watched it who were now, we were respect, have said, mm, it's not great, and Couple of the reviews weren't great, but there's supposed to be a, there was supposed to be a director's cut being released as well. And the director's cut's supposed to be completely different. Why not just um, make that? The, the, why not? I don't this know. Is, I don't understand it. I don't know. That's what does you know. Um, but anyway, but a couple of things. So smashing through. What? Uh, yeah, I'm smashing through Clone Wars. I've been speaking to Patchy um, about it. Um, I want you uh, to smash it because you've worked started right course. at the beginning, haven't you? I want you to get all the way yeah. through, and then when you get to the final season, take your time. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm going to. Yeah, um, I need to so pick that back up again. Definitely. <laughs> I'm at the well. I'm at the end of season five now, and I watched an episode last night, and it was um, it was uh, episode sixteen of season season five, and um, with the Emperor uh, Palpatine, and yeah, he's what made he comes to fight. Uh, he, he comes. Maul. He comes in to fight Darth Maul. That's not a spoiler because if you've seen Solo, Maul's in Solo, and you know he's in, he's in Rebels and everything, isn't he? Maul, yeah. you know he's back, but he comes back to fight it uh, to to take him to take him down, and it is what because he's not even. I've spoken to Patty about it as well um, about Count Dooku in it um, when he's fighting any of the Jedi or um, Vestra and that his apprentice. 
he j- he fights so calmly. He's like, elegant, isn't emperor. he? He's like he's elegant. Like, you expect him the to emperor's fight the with one arm behind his back. Yeah, but the emperor's yeah. the same. But the emperor pulls out two light lightsabers, and you're like, wow, what the hell's that? But as he fights as well, he does something that they do um, that they do a few times in the um, in the game. I've just played like the bad guy, like the Sith. As the fighting, he dragged the lightsabers across the floor, you know, to like light the floor up and like mm-hmm. send sparks and stuff. And it, it just visually, it just looks amazing. And he, yeah, he just George sent me a message everything. saying, "I've just watched this episode," and I was like, "Which one is it?" When he, he sent you sent me a screenshot, didn't you? Like a photo yeah, yeah. of it, and I was like, "Yes," because when he lands, it's brilliant because he's he's so powerful, isn't he? You know, this is right. before he's killed Mace Windu. He comes down, he lands in his. Um, shuttle and he comes out and there's two Mandalorians there and they go, you know, what are you doing? Where are you going? And he doesn't even raise his hands or anything, does he? He just chokes them. Yeah. But it, as he go, he's on like a little, like, floating like carrier thing and as he floats off, they're still choking and he's miles away from them and they're still choking because he's just proper like... Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> so it's, it's just, it's fantastic the beginning of that episode as well, mate. Um, I'll, I'll get, oh, I'm meant to get his, keep his name up. The guy who voiced them passed away when they were filming it. All right. Um, so I don't know whether they obviously because he makes the whole series, don't they? And then so I think in season six he's voiced by someone else. Um, but he's a guy. He's been in, he's been in quite a few things. He was in Seinfeld. Um, right. The older guy. I'll get his name up in a sec. But yeah, he, it, it's uh, but that come up at the beginning of that episode, which made it a bit of bit of a special episode as well. Ian Abercrombie. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you'll know his face because from, yeah, other things. Um, again, 80s movies, 70s stuff. Um, but yeah. Tim Curry um, voiced them as well, apparently. All right. Yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, so I've, I've been smashing through that recently. Um, finished one of the ch- shows I was looking forward to, the last show. Um, I did a bit what I don't usually do of... Um, I mean, we've had a bit of a break between shows, haven't we? But yeah. I did actually watch uh, Homecoming season two all the way through as well. All right, okay. Um, pretty much back to back for the week, and that that was brilliant. Janelle Monae, I spoke about it before the first series with Julie Roberts. The twenty-five minute episodes, they're absolutely Hitchcock on another level. Um, right. Episodes. There's there's a bit where um, Janelle Monae is following the girl in the car and you know in Psycho where she's driving the car at the beginning she sees a boss um, and stuff at the beginning and like the, yeah. and she's driving for a while and like the, the, the camera pulls out and it's um, it's like two images over over uh, on the screen at the same time so you see her driving as she's driving down the road you see her face they do all yeah. that and the, the music's just brilliant as I think I said last time they don't they don't um, use a lot of original music it's all music from other stuff like John Carpenter films and stuff and it's just boss it's seriously right up both your streets. Um, yeah, definitely. no, it's definitely on my list to watch, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think what we were saying last time as well, what we do in the shadows is all on BBC iPlayer now as well, season yeah. two. Mark, Mark Hamill, another link to Star Wars. Mark <laughs> Hamill's just brilliant, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, he, he's, he's really I've, good in it. He plays a really camp um, old vampire, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's, it's an absolutely brilliant show, and it? it's just... Uh, it's got a different feel on some of the comedies that are out there. A lot of the time you, you watch things and they just feel a bit samey, but yeah, uh, it's got a special feel to it, that one. And yeah. as I've said before, absolutely love Matt Berry. <laughs> and I know Patrick said before, he's 
Michael. <laughs> <laughs> He's just brilliant in it, but um, the main the main girl is, as well in it who plays Nadia. Um, yeah, she's just outstanding. She is just absolutely outstanding. Um, and the guy who plays Nandor as well, who's in, he's been in um, Inside Number Nine, the the silence episode where he's the the, the door store salesman. It's the guy who plays Phone Jacker, isn't it? Um, phone Jacker or Face Jacker or whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's really good in it. But yeah, and it's a good twist as well to the story this this year as well with the uh, the vampire hunter in it. But yeah, it's yeah. Um, so I, I, I've, I, to be honest, lads, I had a ton of stuff to talk about, and I'm, well, I'm you know glad what. Well, it's just, well, just this can be our, you know, this can be our Joel Schumacher special, and then we'll yeah, do yeah. another show where we'll talk about yeah. our normal stuff. Not that Joel yeah. Schumacher's stuff isn't our normal kind of topics to talk about, but yeah. you know, yeah. it was important definitely. to touch on it tonight. Definitely, after we, that we managed to yeah. film nearly a full show in memory of Joel Schumacher tonight. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. definitely. I, 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 I'm glad to be honest. I don't know what I don't want to. I sound so dramatic, but. Genuinely, uh, I, I heard the news. I just had me say, I heard the news and he was recording with you guys. And um, I'm so glad I'm talking to you because it, it, it's given me. Because otherwise, I'd just be sitting there, either boring Louise with, with everything, my wife. <laughs> so, but she's very, she she knows how much like if his films and that mean to me and stuff. So she probably yeah. listen to me a little bit. Maybe not quite much about Batman. <laughs> no, but it's <laughs> but, not just that as well, guys. We've, we've been locked up for nearly three months now. And any yeah. kind of emotion, it just gets magnified wildly anyway. So, yeah. you know. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Any, definitely. Anyone, I think it's a good point to make that. Anyone who's listening who feels like that, talk to somebody. And anyone out there who somebody says, I'd like to talk to you, yeah, just listen to them. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's really important, yeah. Well, I think what, as well, if you just think, I've done it a couple of times myself, where I've just gone, you know what, I'll message someone. I'll, you know, I'll talk to someone who you haven't spoken to for a while and stuff like that. Yeah, it's yeah. good to do it. Um, yeah. Right, shall we? Um, what um, what song do you want to finish up? Well, in we've this... had three songs, haven't we? We have another I one. No, but I'm, I think I think Jason, I think our producer, he knows what we like. I think he'll yeah. give us another one. I miss Jason. Um, Jason, shout out for Jace. Jason. Jason is just amazing Hi, Jason. again. Thank you to Jason. Thank you yeah. for carrying on everything. Um, we shared the link on the webs on our Facebook page as well and on Twitter and stuff about um, the GoFundMe for, uh, for, for the radio show. He does a lot for the community um, and for the uh, community radio. <clears throat> and anything, even a, even 50p a pound that you can donate for it. Um, a lot of people... keeping the show. A lot of people, especially during lockdown, have been listening to a lot more radio. And, yeah. you know, it, it's, good, it's good to have local radio. It's good to have people with local interests at heart. So... Have a little look at that. We'll put the link up again later today. And again, massive respect for Jason. Well, mate. Yeah, nice one, Jason. Cheers, mate. Um, so I think if we finish, like we had a bit of a well, we've had a couple of bangers. Um, but just because we have been talking about Joel Schumacher and his legacy, um, it's it's a very cheesy song. <laughs> everyone know uh, again uh, as as the others have been, but apart from my main, but um. Everyone knows the words to it, and I, th- I just love it. I think it's boss tune, and it's a gr- he, Seal's got a great voice. So I think we should finish on a uh, kiss from a rose, a rose by Seal from Batman, yeah. uh, Batman Forever. Don't so, forget uh, to harmonise. It's important. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely listening to. I'm definitely going to listen to it now and again. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so thank you very much, lads, for joining. Apache, thank you for um, for keeping time and and keeping us on our toes as well. <laughs> we need it when Jason's not here. Um, yeah, definitely. You can't see the video because this obviously we're not going to be putting this one on YouTube or anything. I keep holding up pieces of paper with how long we've been on for and tapping me watch to the to the camera to to keep us in yeah. time. So what's like Jason does. Which is what Jason does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, he just puts his hands up and the air goes, I don't care. We're making a trilogy of shows. Right. So, um, thanks, lads. Thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure chatting, as always. Um, And see you next time. We'll record again. And um, everything we're going to talk about more and more this week, um, we'll talk about. So, We'll finish with Seal, Kiss from a Rose. Be excellent to each other. General Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> Stoochie Beaches. They say. Bye-bye. There used to be a grey and tower alone on the sea. That when it snows, my eyes become alive And the light that you shine can't be seen So much he can say You remain My power, my pleasure, my pain Baby To me you're like a grown addiction That I can't deny Won't you tell me is that healthy, baby? Did you know that when it snows My eyes become a light And the light that you shine can't be seen